God damn, that beat is hard. Shout out to the homie Four Sex for that one. My VQ music producer genius homie, man. Shout out to Matt Boo for connecting us. Welcome back to the pod, yo. Today's guest is my big bro, my big homie, Han from Kim Jong Grillin', the OG Korean barbecue cart. Man, this guy is legit a mentor to me and somebody that I just look up to in terms of being a fucking trailblazer, legit. Like, what he's done for the Asian food cart community, y'all will never really know, man. So, I wanted to really just highlight my big bro, you know? Give him a, a platform to talk on. And, I mean, y'all have heard him on other pods and shit, too. He killed it on the other ones, too, but... I really wanted to just sit down and just have a conversation with him. They're always good. I actually recorded with Han a few weeks ago at his crib, but my fucking garage band on my MacBook was being super whack, so I lost the files. Luckily, he's always down to kick it, so we just recorded another one. And I could easily say it's just as good, if not better. So without further ado, man, I'm going to just let, let my homie do the talking. Here's my bro. Han Lee Huang. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the pod. I'm here with my big homie Han. What's up? Uh, we had recorded an episode a couple weeks ago, but I had tried to record it on my fucking garage band and then the fucking thing lost on my file. So <laughs> my homie was good and real nice enough to want to do this episode again with yeah, the Super recording and shit. I feel like we, him and I just have this really dope rapport where we talk about pretty much anything about our Asian experience, about what it's like working in food, our fucking backgrounds and shit. So this shouldn't be any issue picking shit up. So what's up, big homie? What's up, dude? Thanks for having me back. Of course, bro. I mean, I shit, I would have you on all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, it's been interesting to see now that we're in like, what, month two and a half, three of this pandemic and business. And it's been surprisingly well. And the one takeaway that I'm getting back a lot is that customers, your your consumers really want that to be normal again, mm-hmm. you know? Because I get a lot of like, oh, I can't wait till it goes back. And I I don't I don't know how to frame it to them, but like, it's not going back. Yeah, it's weird, huh? It's weird, and it's very strange. But for me to be like, hey, I'm always gonna be here. I'm just your like average. I'm just your your cart, you know? And then I kind of realize like. No, people are realizing like it's like normal again. Yeah. Like for those ten minutes that they gotta come and get get a box of food from me. Mm-hmm. Um, because what? God, it's so weird. It's like I think the weirdest thing to describe this because we've been busy, right? The weirdest thing I can describe it is like I think I saw this in a in a movie where someone gets like terminally ill, mm-hmm. you know, and they get like real skinny. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, but I look great. <laughs> this cancer is raging my body but I'm so skinny <laughs> you know I just I find like our our perception of like image and like self image especially mm-hmm. you know it's like people are so hell bent on like fucking looking what they would consider like uh, fit or healthy right like this like a very skewed image of like what it is you know and like whatever means they can get there mm-hmm. whether it's like like you said terminal illness wherever the fuck it is yeah. like they're just so 
like hypnotized yeah i think it's the same thing like with business too because a lot of people one thing that this whole pandemic like showed was like oh all your places that you thought were crushing it nope not at all yeah they were like up to debt in their eyeballs like you know the, that was a lease on that mercedes that they're driving yeah like, straight up you know it's and it's it's really revealing and it's it's kind of awesome because it also reveals all the people that are helping yeah you know all sure. the people that are like going out of their way to like make sure the next yeah i just find okay. that like uh it's just funny because now that we're in month three like you said and we're at the actual like first reopening we're in phase one right now the city re- reopening and shit it's like it almost feels like we're we're in weird awkward territory you know it's like people yeah. want to hang out still people want to like because they've been cooped up for three months you know yeah and, like agreed it's 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 weird it's weird i i think i think like food carts are so well equipped for this because you know like my first two years three years after being reopened after every winter i was like all right it's like a brand new business i guess Mm -hmm. you know like we all had our own miniature pandemics with like customers not coming out in the rain rebuilding every time every every year. year you're just rebuilding and you just hope to do better than the next but what's what's really weird now is that like now that I'm going into year six in August and in year six I'm finding that the business is almost bulletproof now that like so long as I can so long as like the thing doesn't like physically get get removed you know like I'm still able to open because I have that grit from all those years of the winter you know like there's so many times I'm like well got a flatbed truck we put a grill on there and i could just like pop up in a neighborhood and make some money because I, I like that entrepreneurial oh, spirit will I just like, about it like that. will just push me to that limit you know because yeah. because in a restaurant you're stuck with the restaurant yeah. right and then if the restaurant goes away then you there's this pulling identity like uh, is your identity gonna stay with that place will you move or can you move it and i don't think it always works when you try to move it but if you have that grit and that hustle of like being a food cart, like fuck it, like you're just gonna go and I, like I don't care, I'll mob up and open my trunk up for whatever, you know. Uh, what I won't do is like start a different business that I don't know anything about. Like I, I refuse to go at this point. Like I, if, if something really bad happened at Kim Jong Il, it's not like I'd go back and be like, okay, well I guess I can try to be an accountant. No, I'm just gonna be like, all right, how am I gonna how am I gonna cook my way out of this one? I never thought about it like that, bro. It's like, because yeah. uh, I've only been in the game for less than two years, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, for me to think about the idea of grit and all that shit, like, I'm still kind of getting my stripes, you know? I'm still getting my burns mm-hmm. and all that kind of shit. So I never thought about it like that in that sense yeah. where every year we're, we're rebuilding our brand so that people remember that we're still there, yeah. you know? Yeah, you, and you constantly have to, like, like, for me, I constantly have to remind myself, like, okay, you've been through worse, you've been through worse, you've been mm-hmm. through worse. The difference is, like, I'm now telling other people this, you know, I'm telling other people in the restaurant industry, like, yeah, you've been through worse, you know, you just have to adapt. Like when the technology thing happened and delivery apps started poaching our business, you know, you had to figure out how to, like, how to counter that, Mm -hmm. you know? And then same thing with, with now it's like, okay, so what are the advantages to take away from that? Everybody's at home. Everybody's at home. No one cares what your plates look like. There's somebody, you know, so you have to like, Okay, so if you still have to eat, but you just have to rearrange the equation. So if you still have to eat, you're done grocery shopping, you know? If you had a mobile truck, I'd be like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna go buy a fucking grocery store. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pop up in that parking lot until mm-hmm. they fucking physically move me. 
I'm gonna hustle my shit. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like, so having to be able, like, I think that comes with more age that the longer you've been open, you're able to really see these pockets of, of like opportunity. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, like it's, it gets really, it gets really hard. I think I get clogged up when I get too much opportunity of like, yo, open this, open this or do that. Or like, you yeah. know, and I tried that and then I just went insane. You know, like I was like two stops. I was ready. I was like, all right, we're checking to rehab. You know, fucking found a therapist, you know? Dude, I fucking feel you, bro. Yeah. Because when I, when I opened Joy Long, mm-hmm. I was like, I was Scattered. fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. Seven days a week I was working. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you, but when I got back from Vietnam on my mm-hmm. trip, like the day I landed, mm-hmm. I had to go to the cart to pick up fucking product and then bring to Joy Long just yeah. so that they could fucking keep open. Yeah. And like, I feel you, like when you, when you expand so far mm-hmm. and like you try to like keep up with the businesses that you're running it tends to fucking like drain you yeah. so so much more than you realize you know like yeah and then like it becomes a burden on your og spot and then it becomes a burden on what you were passionate to begin with mm-hmm. you know i think if you open more places you have to really rewrite what you're after yeah. you know like <clears throat> like when you you know what i loved about your story about how you opened up is that you were already in a different profession you got reignited to to share your identity and your your story and it was the same for me too mm-hmm. you know um, i was tired of making fun of myself like going into places and going into because i would end up going to restaurants and they're like oh you're korean why don't you throw a korean special on i throw a korean special on it would kill it and they're like yo we're gonna put this on the menu i'm like no now i'm gonna bounce <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> yeah taking yeah. my shit take it with you bro. take it with me mm-hmm. you know and like that's and that's where I think we're, we're very similar, but I didn't do that. I didn't rewrite how to like act or really put the systems in place to keep my passion going when I had four places, you know, cause I expanded to Pine Street. I had a second location, second car location. Plus I, then all of a sudden I graciously opened up the fourth place on 21st. And by that time, the one thing I didn't do, right? Like back on track, the one thing I didn't do was like rewrite the definition of like what this means to be me to have my my identity out there in four places because once you do that if you don't rewrite it then your ego goes all out over the place like well fuck it i got four places mm-hmm. and then you got to argue like well three of the places are dying except for one mm-hmm. you cut those three places and then all of a sudden your ego's hurt because you don't have four places you see it's this weird thing yeah. that keeps that keeps cycling through and what i realized if i was to do that again is that i would rewrite how to somehow figure out to not degrade myself, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and spread that degradation across the board. Do you feel like once you shut down the other three places, though, mm-hmm. that, like, yeah, it's a big, like, strike to the ego, but it's also almost, like, liberating, right? Where it's like you can mm-hmm. you can now hone in on what yeah. really mattered in the beginning, right? Which is, like, Kim Jong-il and, like, yeah. how it was... Essentially, like your your whole yeah, and, you know what I mean. Like it was like how you got your clout and your name to begin with, and then you realize that you focus all the energy back into that brand. It just kind of took yeah, off, like you know? I think what so not too many people know that those businesses are still running, and I'm not a part of them. Um, so yeah, that was a big, huge ego check. But the relief came like months later when I had more time with the fam, and then like 
started really restructuring on like what did it matter if like I did something for Bon Appetit or if I did something for like a big food festival like who gives a fuck that's not really me those are like little added bonuses yeah and then at that, that time where I was like well, I'm not doing any of those things unless I'm getting paid yeah because before they <clears throat> you want to do it for exposure because you got all these fucking places yeah well if you land on their list of people to watch then they for sure can pay some fucking money <laughs> and that to me that was then all of a sudden like now I'm valuable because before that, the way everything ended for me was that, you know, they were, the other owners convinced me that I wasn't shit, you know, that I was walking away from this golden opportunity. Well, I don't give a fuck how big the opportunity is if I'm losing myself, but what does it matter? <laughs> yeah, because like that idea of like complacency, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, you should be grateful that you get to yeah. be a part of this with That's us. That's some you slave know? shit. It's some slave shit. It's like yeah. some really whack, like, yeah. oppressive type of mentality. Yeah, and, and like in this industry too, like when people start throwing numbers around and start being like, hey man, like, you know, like we invested this much money and money and money and money. And then you kind of figure this, I figured this one thing out, like fuck money, like I can find that. Like this is how easy you can find money. You can go to a bank and ask for a loan. Fuck it. You could go to a bank and rob the bank and get the money. Like money comes and goes. Yeah. You know, but just because it's their money and they put it into you, that's not your mistake. That's their mistake. Exactly. See, and that's the constant struggle I think a lot of people have with with this industry is that like they get an investor and then the investor wants to change up a bunch of shit and then six months later they close it on you. It's just like a lack of accountability. Dude. It's a lack of accountability because they value this money like it's the big shit. Uh-huh. Like they're like your dreams are wrapped up with that money. It ain't shit. You know, because there's so many predatory loans that you can get. There's any you can do. You can do this all on your own. You know, and the hard thing, which the one thing I constantly tell, I think I've told, told, told you, I've told a lot of people, is that like, don't get an investor. You know, cop a loan. Yeah. You know, like that way you don't have to compromise yourself. And if you feel bad about the money, well, they have the money to fucking begin with. You know. Yeah. So like, that's not. You didn't. You didn't literally take it out of their pockets. You know. Yeah, I feel like you're pushing like yeah. the, the idea of like the independent artist, you know. Independent I think you have to. I yeah. mean, <clears throat> unless you have those special situations where, you know, like you you want to go that big, and if you want to go that big, then by all means, do what you got to do. But that just wasn't me, you know. Like, cause cause if they were like, cause if the situation was I'd have to close everything and never be able to use my name again, well, then it's gonna be a street fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's going to be a real deal street fight. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like for me, it didn't end up that way. For me, it just ended up like, well, fuck it. Like, at least I got my card again. Yeah. You know, and, I'll, and, I, and I'm and i no stranger to rebuilding ever. I respect know? that, though, you know. I, Thank like, you. The last time we recorded, you talked about how, like, your original cart burned down and all the mm-hmm. shit, you know, and, like, how you had to rebuild the brand from that. And, like, just, like, the journey from, like, you, you were closed for how many years? Before three you, years. Three years before you reopened yeah. again and, like, that that already kind of tells you a lot about like your struggle with this industry to begin with. Yeah. And like, and the thing is too, like I, I wouldn't have been able to rebuild if I didn't focus so much on my family that helped me put my brain back together after something like that. Cause trauma is a real thing. I think I look at trauma, like mentally it's the hammer that like shatters everything. 
right? And then you spend however long to try to put your brain back together. Yeah. And all the people that help you are the glue, mm-hmm. you know? And that's essentially what happened to me. And, you know, like after three years, my wife looking at me being like, Dude, you're so miserable, mm. you know, like, but she respected the fact that like I was going and working this job and only getting paid like nothing, you yeah. know, to like, you know, like to where I'm at now where it's, it's like I'm comfortable, my bills are paid, Yeah. you know, and, and, and I think that's where I, I focus so much of my happiness is like just for one day, I just want to not worry about a bill you know yeah you know what i mean like or just like and and once i achieve that like instead of being like oh i want more i want a fucking boat you know no 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 that's not what it's about about, you know because then now now that i have that i can focus back on like we talked about this last time it was like how my instagram started becoming more heartfelt becoming more me yeah because i got more fucking time for that shit and i got more time to really be proud of like what i've built like by no means am i killing it and fucking hand over fist money you know yeah but what i am is really wealthy in the happiness department which i think is much more important i think it's way better it's way better like like i i mean i'm not saying money is the root of all evil money money is pure happiness yeah for some people yeah but if you have just enough to make yourself like that happy then that's 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 winning i also feel like it's also um what you what you can actually be grateful for in your life you know what i'm saying like with you i was really i was really fortunate the last time we met up that i got to see like where you're living yeah and it's like i'm not going to disclose any information about yeah. that shit but just like the the environment that you live in it's away from the, it's away from the city it's like yeah. out you know an open space where you can breathe right that's like a big yeah. thing it's just like when you live in the city it's like condensed mm-hmm. and like always yeah and you can't and, shit, and you, you know? can't run from it and like and I, and I love and don't get me wrong and, and this is one of the big reasons why like my before I closed for COVID was like I'm going to feed as many people as possible and yeah. the service industry was that and not that I don't like this I fucking love it is that like you know I'd go out and people would be like oh shit what's up Kim Jong Grillin here's a fucking extra app here's an extra drink here's you know what I mean I think like accumulated all the times I've gone out I've maybe paid for a third of what I've eaten so when I take that account, when everybody lost their fucking jobs on March 17th, you know, like, what am I just going to be an asshole and be like, well, you got to pay full price? No. No, you got to take care of no, the people. No, you want to take care of the people yeah. that took care of you. But like, but you see, the thing is, like, even for me living in this city and doing that, you know, it's, it's like, it's a lot of noise. It's not good or it's bad. It's just a lot of noise. And so for me to be able to, like, leave town every day <laughs> to yeah. go to where I live is very important to me because it keeps my sanity it keeps my ego in check you know so that's that, that's huge to me you know yeah. that's that's because because mental illness is like the worst worst with this with this industry mm-hmm. you know 100% dude. 100% man it's it's really bad um, honestly all you fucking cooks out there or anybody that works in the industry fucking check your mental health yo dude for real like and and it's not just like it could just be like it's almost like being asymptomatic like you don't even see like how bad it's gotten for you you know but when you're just like damn I drank a lot of whiskey tonight oh I'm drunk you know like that's part of it you know and and I just think like anybody that calls you weak or checking on your mental health is an enemy yeah straight up you know yeah they're not actually there for your potential health yeah they're not there for your potential health they're just trying to squeeze that extra fucking hour out of your work 
you know, that's what that is, you know. So I, I take it really seriously. I was checking with my employees, and I heard this like thing, like that was really, th- really thought provoking. You ever heard of that dude, Gary V? Gary Vee? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the dude drops a lot of knowledge. He does. But then I kind of realized, like, oh, that knowledge costs money. Like, cause you can get a premium package and like go watch him speak and shit. And yeah. I was like, oh, you're a hustler. It's a weird pyramid scheme type thing. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things he said is like, if you don't realize that you work for your employees, you know, then you have a really bad work environment. And it's really true. Yeah. And that's like, I try to check in with my employees all the time with, um, with what's going on and, and everything else. Cause you know, it's one thing to party and celebrate, but it's another thing to party and just exist, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so like being present is, is incredibly difficult, especially in these times. Like I find that, you know, social media tends to distract us. I find mm-hmm. that, the way that the news and information is now given to us is also very distracting, you know, where people are having yeah. a really hard time to self-checking themselves, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, like, or what's weird is that, like, I see it swing the other way, too, where people are just like, well, it's our information's already out there, fuck it, I'm not going to say anything, or I'm not going to do anything. It's, that's like complacency. Mm-hmm. You know? so, yeah, I, I feel that. Man, that, that word complacency, bro, it's like, uh, it's been drilled into my head quite a bit, mm-hmm. especially these past, like, six months where this is like we've seen the spike of covid we've seen this like spike of you know anti-asian racism in in the country we've seen and then now it's like going back to black lives matter Mm -hmm. and it's like and like what we're doing as asian americans for this whole fucking thing you know it's just like like complacency is something that as like Asian Americans as, as like the model minority have kind of like dealt with for a long time you know yeah and don't say like, anything you know and that and I, like yeah. earlier what you said about like how your other business partners like quote unquote business partners mm-hmm. were telling you like oh you should just be complacent about what position you're in right now it's just like yeah. that that ties into so many things within our our identity and our upbringing especially like yeah. being first generation Americans you know it's mm-hmm. just like we're almost told like yo just be happy that you can do this yeah and then and that see this falls back to like being like oh okay like one like being second generation here meaning like i was born in the states Mm -hmm. you know like (laughs) if you didn't have that asian pressure and that asian like like oppressive pressure like are you even asian Mm. you know what i mean like that's Mm. been on my mind a lot lately because because of how I'm raising my daughter, you know? Yeah. Because she's third generation, you know? She doesn't, really, she doesn't really speak Korean. She's all about being Korean, you know? That's but, cool. Which is cool, but, at, like, at the same time, it's like, shit, should I, like, start, like, drilling her on, like, playing piano or something? <laughs> like, you know, should, yeah. I, should I follow through on some of those Asian stereotypes that are very true? You have to play an instrument. That's about an instrument. But at the same time, it's like, no, because... It would be a waste of like all the experience that I have had and all the advantages that I have had of dipping in and out of being Asian and American. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta, you can pick and choose all you want, but at the end of the day, like celebrate it. You know, oh, like yeah. just be like, yo, be a proud Korean American. Also love cheeseburgers. <laughs> you know? Hell but yeah, dude. Also understand that you gotta chase that shit with fermented foods. You know, uh-huh. like, yeah. and that's kind of like how. Um, how I've been like wrapping my head around this because it, it's been on my mind so much lately. Like, yeah. what does it mean to be Asian in America now? Yeah, you know, is it like a victim? 
like everybody's beating the shit out of us because of COVID? Or like, is it like just submit and just, you know, if you're an Asian girl, just you gotta look hot as fuck or like hellish or like, you know what I mean? Like there's so much of that, that, that happens. And it's like, it's really, it's so conflicting. It's so conflicting like on us, you and, you and I, especially because we have businesses that reveal our identity too. You know? Yeah, and then we're expected to like fall within like this mold. Right? Yeah. And like that kind of brings me to this next subject I want to talk to you about is like the token Asian, right? Like mm. the token Asian, I feel is like a very dangerous persona. Yeah. You know, especially within the Asian American community. Oh right? my God. Right. Because we're already kind of going through the, the limbo effect of like trying to f- define like who we are as Americans because a lot of us are first generation in our yeah. families, right? So, and then to factor in that like when we go to the motherland, we're just considered the american yeah and just, we're here in america it's like you're only asian you know yeah like I, i've i've i'm lucky enough where I've, I've had both where like i have gone to korea and i'm obviously painfully american mm-hmm. but at the same time i've also seen like the insides working in and outs ins and outs of being a, a, a korean you know like my, my family in korea they're very country you mm-hmm. know um and then but what's what's crazy like that token asian thing you know i was like I, I very rarely listen to anything I do. Keep talking. Yeah, but um, the thing with like the token Asian, like you know, like I changed my I I angelicized my name for like a number of years. You know, I went by Henry for like ever. There's still people out there that don't even understand that that Henry wasn't my real name. You know, and then there's like like but you know one thing I noticed that I used to do like this is what I love about like old school kitchens, old old school kitchens. It's like you're not any color, you're not male or female, you're not anything until you prove yourself on whatever station you do. Yeah. Right? And I would always go in and I'd always be the first one to make Asian jokes, you know? Because everybody wants to say it, they want to see how cool of an Asian you are. You know, like if someone made like a dog joke now, like fighting words, but back then, no, like that's how you have, you gotta you have to like integrate in, and that was like a lot of ways. A lot of times, that's the only way like Asians could come in was to be token, yeah. you know. And I see less and less of that now. But when I see it happen, I'm just like, fuck, it's like heartbreaking, right? Like, yeah, like you just kind of want to shake the young guy and just be like, yo, I gotta be like this, you know? Which is like, for me, I don't know, dude. I- I, I know exactly what you mean, dude. Because, like, I, when I was growing up, you know, like, if I was hanging out with, uh, like, a bunch of white kids or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's almost like you feel inclined to show that you're willing to make fun of yourself. Yeah, and, like, make the room comfortable. Yeah. Because the last thing, as model Asians, like, you don't cause waves. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, see and not be heard kind of situation. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think, like... I don't know, that stuff is like so it's it's not cool at all anymore. But at the same time, like I've seen like I've seen it happen even with my daughter. Mm. You know? And then um that's when I'm like so you know, I, I teach this to Harlow all the time, I'm just like so if anyone makes fun of you for being Asian, you know, like you make your three fingers like this, like in a point, and then you just hit them in the eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, cause no fucking way is it a bad thing to not be like everybody else like celebrate the difference you know? yeah yeah so. yeah actually um my roommate brought up a really good point to me where it's like we treat america like a melting pot mm-hmm. you know and in a way it's like the the term melting pot makes it feel like um 
we're all supposed to be like kind of melded together and become oh, yeah. like this one thing, you know? Yeah. But then she was just like, that's fucking stupid because then it doesn't highlight the differences of everybody, you know? No. Like, so, she's, so she actually said like, we should actually be more considered like a cop salad, you know? Yeah, yeah. A bunch that's of different actually, fucking elements yeah. that all play off each other, and, oh, yeah. you know, that makes more sense that way. So that way, in the end, we're just better off as our individual flavors still. Yeah. But we're not like one big stew. Right. Of just shit that just got mixed together, you know? Right. And so it's like... Like, that's like that's the thing. Like, I used to think people that didn't see color or recognize it, you know, was like a great thing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing like it's a huge fucking problem. Oh, yeah. When, you know, when like, you, you, you don't, don't see color. Like, if you don't bullshit. see color, then that's that's garbage, yeah. you know? Um and there's and, and what's funny is like I don't think we're meant to know, but we because of social media and everything else we do know like how valuable we are to this country. Mm-hmm. Like no one like growing up no one ever highlighted that shit. You know, but really we're very important to this country. Mm-hmm. Between labor, creativity, inspiration, you know, like mm-hmm. even like influence, bro. Influence. Think of it. You know, like yeah. yeah. And it's it's just funny how like a lot of it's just funny how like if yeah the cop salad is, is right you know like you can't you cannot melt everything together and, and think it's going to come out okay yeah shout out to hannah for that ideology yeah. that's a really good one yeah um, that's huge yeah man i just it's it's just so it's so wild to think that like especially now in these times you know where it's like we're all already trying to figure out what it is that's going to happen next with the pandemic right yeah like, and then we're also trying to figure out what's gonna happen next with like this black lives matter movement you know, we're trying to figure out like mm. how far we can push the spectrum you know like at this point now it's like things have definitely chilled out you know yeah which i think is it's a real it's it's the real test right to all these people that have been standing up and saying like they support black lives matter but it's like now that it's chilled out a little bit how much further are you going to be consistent with your health right you know like how, how, very... how much are you going to be here for the long run or are you here for just like that initial sprint in the beginning you yeah. know what i'm saying well, the thing, the good thing about the sprint to me is that um, it this happened. I think with the Occupy thing, it's like you got to pick a side, mm-hmm. right? And it's now more so than ever. You know, like, at least put up the fucking square. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And if you don't, then you're highly sussed and you're totally suspect about shit. Yeah. And and the one thing that I look at with a lot of with a lot of businesses here because I know a lot of the people that run the businesses in this industry mm-hmm. that happen to be like white males you know and mm-hmm. like okay dude like Mike like I've been donating I've been making my stand and I've been making my presence noticed mm-hmm. and that's the sprint that we're talking about mm-hmm. but if you don't do anything in that time what the fuck are you down or not are you down or not and it has to be that way now mm-hmm. because social media will cancel the fuck out of you yeah. You know, because if you're not, I'm not saying go out and say that you're not, but I mean, you're going to get targeted. Yeah. And that's that's how it is. And cancel culture, like we were talking about earlier, is like, I think that is an absolute direct descendant of, like, neglect mm-hmm. of, a lot, of a lot of the marginalized people in this country. Mm-hmm. Like, people could say it's not a big deal at all. Oh, uh, it's a big deal when you're losing your job, losing your dog, losing the place you're going to fucking live. You know, because that is the most powerful fucking weapon that we have. Yeah, just yeah. losing shit. Losing bro. shit. Because not so one scary. white person isn't canceling out another white person. That looks petty. But when it comes to like a marginalized thing to somebody else getting canceled, that shit is fucking powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. once, once you have a 
marginalized group realizing their power. Like, yeah. It's probably the scariest shit. It's the scariest thing I would think to a colonizer. Oh, for fucking 100%, sure, dude. You know? I mean, both of our countries were colonized properties for so long. By you know? different, different entities. Like, one after another. One after another. Yeah. It wasn't just, like, a one-time thing. It was, yeah. like, it was a constant thing that kept happening within our countries. Yeah. You know what's funny, though, bro? I learned something recently that, like, kind of fucked me up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was that I've, I've lived with this mindset that I've been marginalized and colonized for mm-hmm. essentially as like a Vietnamese person right right but then I recently learned that like within Vietnam already mm-hmm. through, like through history we've also been colonizers like we took over yeah. the Hmong people we took mm-hmm. over Lao we took over like a bunch of different you know regions that were right next to Vietnam right and essentially claimed them so like there's actually people that live in the mountains of Vietnam that are mm-hmm. like, like the Hmong people and the Ming people right yeah they just, they're, they're technically Vietnamese, you could say. You right, know? under the blanket. Under right. the blanket, right? But they're still their own, like, significant, like, cultures, you mm-hmm. know? Like, they, they practice very differently than how we would assume, like, Vietnamese people practice, you know? Right. And so I had to, like, really sit back and think, like, I've, I've spent so much time, like, combating, you know, mm-hmm. that I never really thought to, like, just sit and, and not, not sympathize, but just, like, understand better, like, why they process the way they process you know yeah that's huge that's it's like man that's so that's so deep that's so so deep within like your own culture you know to to be able to recognize and try to hit all that is broad Mm -hmm. you know but i think a lot of times we also are the product of our ignorance with being in this country you know because like there are definitely people out there like a lot of Vietnamese folks like older Vietnamese folks are like fuck Koreans <laughs> y'all call us peanuts y'all make fun of us for fucking eating this yeah. you know mm-hmm. and it's, it's a direct product of like because of the Vietnam War the mm-hmm. Korean Marines were really fucking harsh yeah and um, to that I say it's funny how much more similarities there are than differences and then when you kind of like kind of step back, you're like, wait a second. It's not like Koreans, and, and this is in this particular situation, but it's not like Koreans came in and were trying to invade. They were kind of piggybacking with the US to do this. Mm-hmm. And then I think about it on a smaller scale, on like 1992 in LA, the, the riots, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden there was this like black looters, Korean rooftop Koreans defending their shit. There was no fucking beef before that. It, it's like a big fight happening and one instigator pushing two people together in a fight ring to make to make this fucking beef thing happen and that's a crazy thing to think about and it's a very crazy thing to think about right and you have to think about it like and i think about it too because i'm like hold up you know like k-pop is pretty much modeled after hip-hop yeah you know and then i was like but and and everything that involves a little bit of black culture you know like runs really smooth and is either delicious super slick and awesome or like the design is just like out of this fucking world you know like is that the reason why the two cultures got pushed together like this is that why like Vietnamese and Koreans got pushed together like this to like you know to avoid that happening yeah you know because I think about hip hop culture in 92 and hip hop culture now you know it's like in 92 there's like maybe one or two kids that would be like oh you're like a wigger you know <laughs> whereas like now where it's just like 
no dude if you don't collect shoes you're kind of a scrub yeah like no dude if you're not part of like if you're not down with hip-hop like you're like what the fuck do you listen to you know what i mean like dude this new generation of hip-hop though is so weird though bro (laughs) like i've been i've been in the game 18 years now you know yeah yeah you've seen a lot of changes yeah so like back then when i was like 12 was when like malibu's most wanted came out right oh yeah and, would make, and jamie kennedy was just like this this like you know they call him a wigger right yeah, and all yeah. This stuff right and then like and then you dial it to now where it's just like the 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 divide between like what understanding hip-hop actually is now yeah compared to like how it was back oh yeah in like i was like 2002 2001 mm-hmm. right even just then even like dialing back to the 90s when hip-hop was just like yeah. the golden era Mm-hmm. It's like you take these different facets of hip hop. Right. You take '90s golden era where it's like Tribe Called Quest, Bob oh, yeah. Deep, Nas, mm-hmm. and then you go into like the 2000s where it was like 50 Cent, yeah. Ja Rule, Eminem, like, yeah. and then you go into like now where it's like Future and Drake, mm-hmm. and you know it's just like the way that it's so it's it's so like it's almost like it's disconnected from each other, mm-hmm. you know? Like you take take a fucking Drake and compare him to Q-Tip yeah right both very different rappers mm-hmm. right but in this sense like Drake himself has some sort of like understanding of previous hip hop but his fans mm-hmm. they don't know shit besides yeah. Drake yeah and and what's but what's funny though is like they all they, both of those examples have like different set of tools mm-hmm. You know, like one is very dialed into the crowd, whereas one was like, fuck it, this is all I can do, and all I know, if you like it, you like it. Yeah. Like Q Tip and the golden era of hip hop, that's why it was so golden, was that they were just like, we're just rapping with what the fuck we know. Yeah, yeah. You know, like guns and sling and shit. To now, we're Drake, you're like, damn, Drake, like, you're like talking about fucking like the richest women in the world. Yeah. You know, like, they didn't have access to that. They got access to it now. You know, like, and that's, that's where I think it's really polarizing. Like you said, like it, I agree with you. It, it, it's crazy different that because hip hop, hip hop's roots was like educate, 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 and then all of a sudden now it's just like, well, all the education is gone. Now it's just a fucking party. Yeah. You know? Now See, it's just like anybody can SoundCloud their way to the top. It's just, I find it so hard to not listen to conscious rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It, it's, it's hard not to, but I think you come from that school. Yeah. You know, like for sure. whereas like there's like kids now where it's just like it's just disposable. They just want beats. They just want beats. Because, like, when 50 Cent came out, I was like, damn, this is tight. Like, 50's hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. But I have every single one of his songs as a ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I I'm like, you, okay, cool. Well, like, you know, like, that's... And that's the evolution of, of a very popular, like... I almost... It's not a brand, but it's like... If I looked at, it like, a business, you know what I mean? That's a fucking beautiful evolution. Like, you come in hard as fuck. You know, you represented, and then now you celebrate. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you do it over again. You know, like what I think is fucking weird is like the times now. There's no anthem. Yeah. There's no anthem to what's going on now with all the Black Lives Matter movement. And I'm like, in one hand, I'm like, well, that's tragic. In the other hand, I'm like, there's enough rappers that are rich enough to not give a fuck, mm-hmm. which also shows progress. <laughs> you know what though? Uh, Anderson Pac came out with a song recently called Lockdown. Mm, and yeah. that song is, is I think is like really powerful not, and not yeah. just the song itself but also the video is also really powerful I haven't you seen know? it it's yeah. like um, it touches base on the you know the downtown riots in LA and oh, like wow. it, 
touches base on just like the black experience and how right. they're trying to, and it even touches about COVID and like how they're experiencing COVID, right? Wow. Okay, I gotta check that out. Yeah, yeah it's just like something that I was really, I was really like concerned about when the riots are kicking okay. off was the spreading of COVID, you know? Because I was like, oh yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. If, of course, it it would happen in a time where it's like, yeah, revolutionary shits happening. Revolutionary yeah. shits happening while there's like a life threatening mm-hmm. illness that's out and about and like. Yeah. people are just like in large crowds like you know mm-hmm. like i heard like the la riots was like fifteen thousand people in, mm-hmm. in downtown la i was like fuck dude that's like a music festival yeah right yeah. of just people being around each other so you just have to like think about mm-hmm. and then, but then at the same time it's like how could it not happen when people are just fucking um locked indoors yeah for fucking three months yeah all they're seeing on their social media is like yeah. black people getting killed left and right. Like, yeah. The thing that really fucked me up recently was like the Breonna Taylor thing, you know? Dude, she's so an EM- bad. EMT, so that means she was yeah. a, a fucking more than essential worker, right? Yeah. In her house asleep, and cops just busting in and blasting the motherfucker up. Yeah. You know, and that like, that fucking broke my heart, dude, because I was like, 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 yo, already she was doing good for the fucking for the, the community, for, the community yeah. for her community, right? She was asleep, so that means she wasn't even like anticipating someone busting into her house yeah and then just like that she's gone gone yeah like that that to me like fucking that still hurts when i, when yeah. I talk about it you know? i think like, i think the one the one that got me was philando castillo oh shit because yeah. like he was like he followed the rules he was a major player in his community with kids he was a cook you know and then it got like facebook lives you know and yeah, that the thing that like fucked like and it, this sucks this sucks this conversation sucks because we can go back to different deaths of African Americans and and, and, and and cite shit and signify them. That is a fucking crazy way to like track your history, you know. Like, and um, the reason why Flannery Castillo got me really bad was because you see it in the fucking video. He's like, "Yo, dude, I got a gun on me. It's legal. It's registered." And then pop it out, you know, like. My wife says this to me a lot. She's like, the biggest fucking gang in the world is cops. Oh, fuck, yes, cops, dude. You know what I mean? And like, and I've known this intimately my whole life, you know? But one of the biggest statistics, and I love this statistic because it's so fucking true. All these cops in schools, and they didn't stop one mass shooting. You know what I mean? Like, you're strapped so in school. Like, if I went to high school with a cop, and he, like, kicked my fucking ass, you know? And, like... um like arrest me and whatever but like i always thought back then i was like what the fuck are you doing with the gun and you like you murder any of us you know that is terrible yeah <laughs> yeah sure and that's just like an, an, an access thing mm-hmm. you know like because you have a gun and a badge but yeah like that um back to the anderson pack thing mm-hmm. right like i i should i really want to hear it because now because that's the thing that I wonder, like, you know, civil rights movement, there's always, like, a meet, like some kind of art form that was pushing the narrative in a good way, mm-hmm. you know, and I think hip-hop and music is, I think that's what's going to do it, you know? Yeah, because you think about, like, think about fucking Nas at mm-hmm. his prime. Yeah. Telling you the story of living in fucking Queensbridge. Yeah. And, like, being able to almost, like, paint a picture in your mind and just yeah. realizing, like, oh, shit, like... Yeah. sounds crazy you know? yeah yeah or like Bed-Stuy sounded crazy like yeah how, like how most stuff narrates Bed-Stuy right yeah and yeah. like that feeling of like just understanding 
a little bit of like how they live just mm-hmm. makes you feel like so almost like like you get goosebumps yeah 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 because it's like damn like that's a, that's a life that like i myself can't imagine living mm-hmm. and yet this guy's putting it into fucking poetry and yeah like, putting it out there, and making you know? it pretty you know essentially yeah i think dude what's it's so funny i saw a free show in central park and it was mr man and black star it was crazy it was insane because like a few things were insane about it one is a free show in central park and there are these dudes from bed-stuy like just rocking it and it was packed but um once again like this goes back to like my my theory about progress is like is progress being a marginalized culture to being able to have the luxury of neglecting it you know like is that progress you know like because you can only go hard for so long you know i think that's why you have rappers like drake you know yeah which you know what like, i mean like there's always actually joey badass said this really uh mm-hmm. really like meaningful thing that i never took into consideration about hip-hop mm-hmm. but like there's always going to be those who make music as a as if it's like junk food right oh man that's good and then there are yeah. those who make music that's like vegetables right like you gotta ha- you have to have both you know right? <laughs> you gotta have both if you that's need a true. if you if you want a healthy diet in terms yeah. of music and what you're like ingesting you have to have a mixture between like conscious rap yeah and trash rap right that's true right it's Very like true. like the like or hip-hop is what mm-hmm. they would call it right and like um like i think about like artists like, like joey badass right mm-hmm. where like like his all-american badass album is i think like because it came out 2015 2016 yeah, yeah but it's like one of the most relevant albums as like the Damn, Amer- i gotta revisit all this the black american experience dude yeah. like and it's like it's so powerful in a sense where it's like he talks about super predator he mm-hmm. talks about fucking babylon he talks about you know just being mm-hmm. a, a young black male in america and fighting his own temptation so that he doesn't like succumb to the system and shit, right you know what i'm saying oh, dude, it's like smart. it's such a powerful yeah. album right and i feel like actually did you know that that, that shit was trying to get censored like really uh when the whole blm thing kicked off right there was like a day where like uh his albums were getting uh essentially taken off the platform so like what? spotify apple all that shit really? that you you couldn't play the album and then when he called it out then they put it back but it, it was like fans were like sending him screenshots of their phone like saying yo i can't play uh Whoa. i can't play american idol or i can't play this and that like and he was, he was just like it just kind of shows you like how powerful like yeah. their voices really are you know and that's yeah. like the powers that be they just want to suppress that see that's that's what i'm saying is like is that a product of like I mean, I hate saying it like being sounding old, but is that the man like trying to like separate cultures so we don't superpower some shit? Oh, okay. I, you know I, what I mean. 100% like, believe that, dude. Because like, if you think about like what K fan K pop stands happened like, recently uh-huh. with like selling out Donald Trump's thing and only what six thousand people showed this rally, but they had millions of tickets reserved. You yeah, know? yeah. And it was a huge waste of time and money, and that was all K pop fans. That's you know what I mean? Suck. That's crazy to think about, and I think. I could, I, could you imagine like I mean I, I don't know like I, I just I just think like as much bad shit's going on like I think great things are happening in the name maybe maybe it's not progress but maybe it is just like 
maybe it's like, like you can't really consciously track how people get woke mm. you know what I mean and I think that's what's going on right right now and I think that's why it's so uneasy and weird and awkward is because like it's not it's not unheard of for me to see someone from the KKK take their hood off and be like and put it down and be like I fucked up yeah what is crazy for me to see is people actively ch- like trying to make that happen you know and that's what is like fucking crazy to me right now have you heard yeah have you heard about the the July 7th protest what's mm-hmm. was coming next week no um so uh, Eddie Griffin the comedian oh yeah I, I was I was on IG and I seen him post this thing where it's like if all people of color didn't spend money on one day oh I saw see I put this up yeah yeah and it was like uh it was like 60 billion or something I forget the number it's like a right. really big number though it's like a really right. big number to the economic like uh, system and shit right where it's right. like if all POCs just didn't spend their dollars for that one day mm. how catastrophic it could be for like the economic system you know whoa and so I'm actually gonna do it I'm not gonna spend I'm not gonna spend a dollar on fucking July yeah. 7th so that's like next Tuesday right okay but it's just like when I saw that and I thought about it I was like damn like that's that's crazy to think like what you just said right like how yeah. K-pop fans bought out the fucking Trump rally. Yeah. Like, fuck you, dude. We, we're not letting you fucking support anything, or we're not having anybody support your shit, whatever, right? Yeah. And you think about like if we just did that on a fucking national scale, yeah. bro. Oh my god. Like the fucking power that has to just people realizing like, yo, like POCs make up a lot of your fucking yeah. economy. We make you know? up the economy. You, you know, know and that's why yeah. like, and that's the thing that I don't think. Like, when people talk about slavery, they're just like, it just fucking happened. I'm like, I don't think, like, I have to break it down for people, mm-hmm. right? And the easiest way for me to break it down is, like, if you run a business and you look at your fucking, what you spend, mm-hmm. you're going to find that labor is going to account for, if you're really fucking good, like, maybe 30%. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Imagine having that shit for fucking free. And not only did you have it for free, the only payment out of your fucking pocket was to whip their ass yeah you know what i mean like like that if you think about it that way yeah some idiot motherfuckers are gonna fucking fight for that yeah yeah because like i uh, this is actually a funny story so i i I took my wife out to the east coast for the first time in her life she's born and raised san diego and we go to new york and it's like new york is new york you know like it's all cultures had a great time we went to a pizza shop she's like they're speaking a weird Spanish here. I don't understand. It's like Portuguese. I was like, no, sweetie, there's are old Italian people. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just kind of give you the racial racial aspect of what's going to happen when the further south we go. You know? Yeah, yeah. So we jump on the Amtrak. We're, we're taking the line down. You can take the Amtrak from Boston down to Florida. Yeah. And so we're going down, and she wakes me up. She's like, holy shit. I wake up. What the fuck? Where are we? And I was like, what are you talking about? We're still on the fucking train. Yeah. She's like, look outside. She's like, there's buildings without walls on it. This shit looks like fucking Afghanistan. Like, what the fuck? And I was like, sweetie, this is this is North Philly. <laughs> like, this yeah. is how it is out here, yeah. you know? And like, it was like culture shocking to her. Mm-hmm. But the fucking real culture shock was when we got to Virginia. And she was like, yo, you have a fucking whole highway named after Robert E. Lee. Wasn't he like a slave owning racist? I'm like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. I didn't even think about it. Mm. And then she's like, there's a fucking road called Gallows Road, you know? And I was like, 
oh yeah I guess, I guess you're right and then started pointing all this shit out and then I started doing my own homework on it yeah and being like what the fuck dude Virginia was the Costco for slaves you know it's fucking nuts dude it's nuts it's yeah. like Jamestown was the fucking place you go to to fucking like buy slaves mm-hmm. and then there's a fucking place called Lynchburg mm-hmm. like was that the return center? You know what I mean? Like, it's fucking crazy, and right? it's fucking crazy. And like, and I get it now. Like, all these people pulling down monuments and all that shit because that systematic, like, racism is, is fucking real. You it's know, like like the country so, was built on it, dude. The country was built on it. And like, but as as a POC and a business owner POC, you know, like, it, like maybe it wasn't like this like even a year ago, but it is now. Where I have to like, literally see all that evidence. And, and make my own assessment and, and the assessment's true like we talked about this like if it wasn't for them taking the big loss we wouldn't be here that we wouldn't have this plus years bro dude yeah. it's still going you and know that's why like um that that phrase yellow peril supports black power mm-hmm. right like I actually had someone come at me a little sideways about it really yeah because I put that up on my page oh wow and I just felt like I don't know if they were they're disconnected from like what black and brown culture really is you know mm-hmm. but i guess because in yours nice case right like we grew up in hip-hop culture so yeah that's that's already something that like we were embedded in so we don't really necessarily look to black and brown people as like threats we looked at them as like allies yeah right and yeah. so it's like anytime we have an opportunity to like showcase like yo like mm-hmm. I, i'm fucking down for you you know, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care what anybody says to you. Like, I'm fucking down for you. I'm going to yeah. ride ride or die for this shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and so when that person, like, came at me, I told them, I was like, yo, you don't know, you don't know anything about me. Like, yeah. I may be another, what is, quote, unquote, another Asian American to you, you know? Mm-hmm. But my Asian American experience is very, very individualized compared to yours. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I it's way up, different. I grew up in breaking culture, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I grew up around black and brown folk everywhere I went so already there I'm I'm already much more inclined to side with these folks than I am with white folks and oh I absolutely think, and that goes back to like our token conversation yeah. right it's just like I'm not down to fucking compromise who I am and what I stand for yeah to appease to the white demographic you know I'm, yeah if anything I want fucking more colored folk to to feel empowered by like my presence oh yeah you know what I'm saying yeah and so I told this person that I was like yo like you you really don't know anything about me you don't know how I, I came up you don't even know where I'm from like I'm from the bay first and yeah. foremost where it's like insanely diverse you oh know? yeah where like I grew up with I grew up within Ch- Chicano culture because I lived in the east side of San Jose mm-hmm. and then I grew up with black and brown culture because I grew up in hip hop so it's just like already yeah. there my connection to that is much higher and much stronger than it is to white people you know do you do you think like if you do you think if you just kept tokening yourself you'd, you'd lose touch with that or is it like so ingrained in you i just i, I don't think i'll ever be a token dude you yeah, know i, I just feel like i'm i'm so i'm so down for my own shit yeah that i just won't compromise myself for somebody yeah, else yeah see i know? think it took me a long time to be able to get that way you know and, it's like, hard though I, I have a lot of friends in like virginia and stuff like that that i grew up with that like I don't know, maybe, I mean, I've been talking to them a long time, but maybe now they kind of see it, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, there's a reason why I don't go back there. And there's a reason why, like, like, I don't, I, I, like, I'm a very trusting person, and I had, like, a lot of, 
I've had a lot of opportunities to be fucked up and be like fuck white people, mm. you know, but I'm not. I, I refuse to go down that road. Yeah. Um, but I think like what's what's hard is that like you know like to to understand like the token thing is it's 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 like being the house slave you know what i mean like it's, <laughs> Dude, the, it's the new house slave you know what so i mean good, bro. I never but, it's, thought about it like that. but it's true though it's true <laughs> oh, though because sure. as an asian as an asian like especially now you know like you think all those k-pop k-pop stands and fans they're not just korean you know what i mean it's so it's a whole it's so vast bro. so vast yeah. and like but that's why like there's no reason for me like growing up like now i'd rather be like oh my god the like i would rather be the kid that everybody's like oh my god you're korean the band i listen to is really korean you know <laughs> versus being just like oh dude here there's henry fucking don't eat a dog you know uh, what i mean oh my god see what i mean like yeah. so that's why i don't know like that person that looked at you sideways about that i think you're right they just don't understand or maybe they don't have the time they don't have the capacity and, yeah. the, and that's where like the idea of like this this token shit really bothers me, you know. Yeah. And like that's why I'm not afraid to call out a token, you know. Yeah. what I mean, it's just like it's like yo, because what it really comes down to is that the token falls into that model minority facade where oh, like yeah, yeah. they're the yeah. they're the ones to like easily jump to the whim of white people. Yeah. Like they're down to just like compromise themselves. Right. Just for the scraps of what they. Yeah. Where it's just like yeah, if they just like stepped over to the fucking other side, bro, and just realized that like yo. If you really want to be a part of this, like mm-hmm. we will gladly welcome you. But yeah. you need to be able to like break down all the dogma that you built up in your mind and yeah. in your past so that you can learn and be a new person, you know? Otherwise, Damn, I think I'm on that train now. Yeah, you know, yeah, like you I, convinced me I still think I'm on that train now. Because even though I grew up in yeah. black and brown culture, there, there's still moments where it's like I I take I take certain moments where um, like I remember one time I was in Harlem. And I was walking to a sneaker shop in Harlem called At- Atmos, right? And I was like, it was like my last day in New York. So yeah. me and the wife were just like walking through Harlem, had my suitcase and shit. Like, I looked like a fucking tourist, right? Yeah. And then I got approached by this uh, this dude on the street, one of the rappers on the street who was just trying to sling a CD. And he was just like, you know, trying to pitch me his, his music or whatever. And I was like, I was like, my bad, bro. Like, I'm, I, I got to catch a flight in a little bit. I'm just trying to hit the sneaker shop real quick. I'm trying to be out, you know? Yeah. And he was just like, all y'all motherfucking Asians trying to fucking look like black people and dress like black people and shit and y'all, y'all just taking shit this and that and I, I just remember that experience being so like upsetting because yeah. like I was like I'm not trying to be <laughs> yeah. disrespectful and anything like that but in my mind I was just like and I and I sometimes feel really shitty about saying this but it's just like in my mind I was like and this this black fool is fucking he's profiling me right when he's been profiled his whole life so why the fuck would he do that to me type right. shit you know without him really thinking about like black people themselves have been oppressed for so many fucking years that's just oh, generational yeah. you know oh yeah and so it's, I should and just it's... stand there I should just stand there and take it honestly right. you know I should have just stood there and just took it you know because like yeah. in all honesty like like I said I grew up in black and brown culture like if I'm not willing to have a black guy call me out on some shit right then do I deserve to be involved See, in that culture but I know? think like but I think that like inclination to be token can totally be reversed and like rethrown out. Like if that happened to me now, I'd be like, like you said, I'd be take the loss. I'd be like, all right, well then stop making it look so cool, <laughs> and we will. Then we'll. You're right, but stop making it look so cool. Then yeah. you can't help it. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and that's the thing where I think a lot of um, disconnect is with amongst two different PSCs. Like, all right, so like, 
this happened. So I've been like low key, like throwing donations out to different businesses directly. Yeah. And like one of the businesses I, I donated to, and, and I go shop there. Um, I'm not gonna call it out because it kind of called me out, and I kind of felt weird about it. And um, you know, like I, I Instagram, I was like, yeah, like here's, you know, like what's your Venmo? Drop the money. And then they're like, yeah, I don't know what you're donating to though. You know, and I wrote back like, hmm, do I take this opportunity and be like, you're right, you know, mm. <laughs> and, and just take the loss or should I just flex the knowledge that I have? Uh. So it was like, I'm going to flex the knowledge that I have. And I'm like, well, I read somewhere that Asians keep 30% of their money within their culture, whether it be like ingredients that you can't find, whatever, la da da. And I read that, unfortunately, African American culture would be lucky to keep maybe 5% within their rums. Yeah. You know? This is me trying to contribute back to 10%. You know, I didn't get an answer back. <laughs> I didn't get an answer back at all. You know, but um, I've been like so much more consciously with all this, and I feel like shit saying this, but like with all this and knowing that, being like, all right, well, if I can keep 30% within my cultures, I can surely pull some of the 70 that's going elsewhere to someone else, you know, to a different culture. Damn, you know? bro. You know, like, what you just said right there is it's it's almost like yeah, we're almost addressing our Asian American privilege yeah you know yeah. like and, yeah. that's, and, and that's really what it comes down to and right? that's it, and that's what I'm saying is that that's what it comes down to but I think for me to switch up the way that I think about it and being like well I gotta pay back into it mm-hmm. you know like when you can you gotta pay back into it cause like once once you get out of survival mode as a business mm-hmm. you know like I see this happen a lot like people are like I'm buy a car I'm buy an arcade machine do some other shit you know what I mean yeah. um, once you have everything like what the fuck are you gonna do with your money yeah you know like you can save it but th- there's saving money and then they're spending money you know but to me now like I feel like so fucking fortunate you know that like my business is doing okay and I'm comfortable mm-hmm. like yeah that's what I'm gonna do you know and, and, and I think like with even with like my purveyors now you know even with my purveyors now I'm like I feel stuck you know like do you ever see like trigger warning with killer mike yeah all right so shout out to killer mike for trying to just buy black for one day oh yeah the motherfucker went homeless starved himself you know what i mean like it was hard bro it was fucking hard and seriously like when i saw that i was like it breaks your heart doesn't it fuck it kind of breaks my heart because like for me i'm like well if i don't buy a fucking burger today i would be all right just because of fucking bowels yeah like you know what i mean like damn i only got five dollars Four of that is gonna go to the fucking like to the two bond me's I'm gonna buy. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, easier yeah, yeah. for us. And then it kind of dawned on me, like, it's so hard to be a person of color and to open a business. Mm-hmm. Because that's what America's all about, is that that like op- lane of opportunity. But that opportunity is not always there for everybody. And Asians had it a lot easier because, you know, we're like seen as the calculators of the world. Well, we came as refugees. And we came as refugees, but we also, like, did all the jobs that no one wanted, you know? Like, I think it's funny that, like, when I talk to some of my Korean homies, they're like, yeah, my parents were mad when I went to be a cook because to them, that's peasant work. Like, they didn't spend all that time being on the laundromat Mm. only for me to go be a cook. It's like a lateral move. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) You know? Um, And my mom was the same. My mom was no different. She's like, I cut hair forever so you could go to school, fucking do some computer shit, you know? Yeah. And, but now, like, you know, like, my mom's back on my side. She's like, fuck yeah, fucking sell the culture, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but that's that Asian privilege is, is real, you know, because we, we, we can keep our money within our houses, but not all cultures can do that. Yeah. You know, like, I think I think the, the culture that does it the best are like Russians. Oh, really? I absolutely 100%. They have, because their sense of community is so much stronger and, oh. and so much more pride goes into it. Oh. You know, like Asian Asians had a lot of different stigmas. Like in the 90s, people were like, oh, you buy Chinese shit, you know? But now, like, you have all these people, like, going after, like, old-school Japanese cars or whatever. You know, like, there's a lot there. There's no black manufacturers that make cars. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's how the privilege gets flexed with us because we saw a pocket and we took advantage of it. You know, like, the Japanese were cranking out Hondas in, like, the late 70s or late 60s, early 70s, 80s, you know? And now Korea had that opportunity and they jumped on it. You know, and, and that's that's where I see like a lot of our a lot of our privilege come in. So when things happen like that, you know, where I get called out, it sucks. It doesn't feel good, but at the same time, like I think I don't know. Like in the end I feel better about it. I'd rather be an ally than to be a fucking bootlicker and yeah. just just take and not give back. Well, I mean like that was that story you just told, it spoke levels, you know? Yeah. Because like yeah, it's like one thing to just be donating because mm-hmm. you feel guilty. Yeah. But donating because you understand the situation better than someone else does. Yeah. Like the everyday don- do- donator, as opposed mm-hmm. to like you doing the homework, you yeah. did your research, you fucking made sure that you got your facts right. Yeah. And that's what's pushing you to then do it. Right. Yeah. It's a whole different story. Yeah, actually, because that's to me, I think, is the silent thing that's happening that revolution that is happening mm-hmm. like i said earlier like you can't measure how woke people are getting mm-hmm. just have faith that it's happening you know and and that's you know that, that's going on like in, even more on like a local level you know like all these restaurants are suffering right now yeah and like i will go try to support as much as i can mm-hmm. um in the same sense i think like some restaurants have to die for some of us to to keep going which sucks. Really sucks. It's really, it's a, it's a really hard thing to think about because, like, it's a hard the, pill. yeah, the more I talk to people in this in, in our industry, they're like, "Well, when things get back to normal, I'm like, bro, this is not happening. It's not like, happening. Let me help you yeah. finesse these big corporations that are trying to fuck you, like these delivery companies. Let me help you finesse this. Yeah, you know, and I'm always willing to help anybody out with that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not gonna go back. <laughs> not anytime yeah. soon. Not anytime soon. At least so, next year, bro. At least I think it's gonna take like three years, and within this three years, you know, like I thought the most coldest shit was when Trump was just like, "Well, restaurants will reopen, but it just might not be the same owners," you know, like that's, uh, that's fucking so true, you bastard. That's like, like the realest thing he said. All it's the realest thing he said. Period. You know. Yeah. And that's and it, it's the truth, and I think. I don't know. If anybody ever fucking need help, like, making the pivot to do that, like, I will absolutely throw down for that. Yeah, I gotta say, yeah. bro, like, you are... Since the day I met you, bro, like, you've always extended your hand out to me, you know? Thank you. And, like, well, you're actually the first person that comes to my mind when, someone's, when someone has issues. Yeah. I'm like, yo, go to Han. Like, <laughs> oh, thanks. Like, yeah. my homie, uh, he's at the pod with me now. It's Patrick. He owns uh, Skid Bladnir. He used to work over at uh, Bottle Rocket. Oh shit! So okay. he knows. So he knows you. Yeah. Um, 
and he was having issues with like his plumbing and stuff. I was like, bro, just hit a pond. Like you're the first guy I think yeah. of all the time, right? I stack a lot of those fucking resources, bro. I mean, like, dude, <laughs> yeah. since day one, right? Like yeah. when I was having issues, you you pointed me in the right direction, you know? Yeah. Like my fridge blew up on my cart. Oh, and, and I introduced you to Sam? And you hit me with Sam, you yeah. know? And like by like the next fucking the next three days I had a new fridge and yeah. I was ready to open again, you know? And, yeah. And it was like that that's a lifeline you know and i think like that's that's something that's really beautiful about what you do is that like not only do you thank you accumulate like all these things so that you can help your own business but you are willing to share that with other people yeah like when i started when i started like back in 2009 like nong just opened up her thing carts were happening i mean like you know like purveyors weren't doing drops to people so that's where cash and carry made all their money which is cash and carry if you don't know it's like costco for business owners yeah um but when all that was happening, like, man, like trying to figure it out was so hard. And I'll never, ever forget that. Mm -hmm. I'll never, ever forget. Like, like I knew like all these other restaurants could make their money because they could go to a purveyor. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I think it was Cisco. I'll blast, put on blast right now. Cisco was like, like they came, like they came and I started ordering stuff through them. Mm -hmm. And then they fucked up an order of mine. But they didn't treat me like they treated a restaurant. Like if they fuck up an order with a restaurant, they like overcompensate them. You know, like they'll, they'll give out blazers tickets and shit. That's wild. You know, if you drop enough money. And I remember this one time the sales rep, I was like, hey man, this, this butter lettuce is fucked. And mm -hmm. it's not butter lettuce, but you sent me this green leaf. And you know, if you didn't think I'd know the difference, I don't know what your fucking end game here is, you know? Mm. He's like, well, you're just a cart. I mean, people aren't gonna notice, are they? And I was just like, you're fucking cut. Don't ever fucking come down this block. Don't ever come down this fucking street. I will hit you with my car, you know? And <laughs> yeah. that frustration, I will never fucking forget that frustration. So when I see other like food carts, other restaurants like going through that shit, you know, like it just infuriates me. Like, it, it, I think it's just because it's that, it's that gumption that I've always had, you know, like, um, Cause you gotta have a lot of that to, to open a fucking food cart, mm -hmm. you know? And um, yeah, I'll never fucking forget that shit. You know, like when people are, when, yeah. Like I, I remember, <laughs> I remember I had this gray water situation where I had to like pump it into fucking five gallon buckets, slave that shit to a fucking toilet, like, oh, no. you know, and like dump all the fucking time, you know? And then when the service came around, you know, like when, Tony and Lefty came around, you know, I was like, holy shit. I was like, I'm going to get you so much fucking business. Yeah. Fucking thank you. You know, and like, and that, that's, that's community, you know, that's mm -hmm. community right there. Cause you know, like there's, there's a lot of people out there that don't have that same mentality. They just want to see you suffer through it. Yeah. Or they don't want to help you cause they never got help. And I think that's, that's wrong. That's so not shitty, building, right? Yeah. That, that's not building longevity in your brand, you know? Yeah, that's something I really I really appreciate about this car community, you know, is that like a lot of us because we are the little guys, you know, we're yeah. we're the ones who don't make, you know, six figures a year and shit like that. Yeah. You know, we're the ones who just like we just do well enough where we can like take care of ourselves, take care of the mm -hmm. people that we employ, take yeah. care of our, our families and shit, you know, mm -hmm. and then like that's pretty much it. You know, that's it. like yeah. we don't we don't fucking roll in the dough like how these big mm -hmm. restaurant groups are doing, you know? Yeah, but here's here's what's funny what happened with covid it's and i'm going back to this is that you have these pockets of opportunity now mm -hmm. that all these restaurants are closed mm -hmm. and the ones that deserve to be closed you had to come yeah you know yeah. um but there's no out for them like you can't 
you can't deconstruct a really pretty plate into a to-go box. Yeah. You know? Fine dining's done, bro. Fine dining's done. Yeah. But, you know what you can do? You can do fucking rad pop-ups like I do. You know, you can do a fucking awesome deal into a box and make it fucking super good and send that shit out. And I've always stood by that. And now I'm looking and seeing, like, now this pandemic fucking crisis happened you know like now food carts are the ones that are winning now food carts are all of a sudden like super fucking viable now we're the heroes right now we're the fucking heroes that people are like i'm done cooking you know i can't cook anymore at home i I need to get some fucking takeout you know well i could always rub it in other people's fucking faces but i won't Hmm. like but other restaurants that are like willing to fucking make the jump yeah let's let's go let's do it but it's it's not easy <laughs> it's not but you yeah. know what though i feel i don't know i feel like now especially after everything kind of kicked off and shit mm-hmm. food carts are just like the best business model if yeah. you want to work in food yeah know? it's it's i never thought i'd say this but it's like the ultimate model like oh you have a landlord that's a fucking asshole fucking throw that shit on a fucking tow truck get it the fuck out of there mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like I've had to do that before, you know, like where one of my landlords was like, I mean, he was like threatening me like to fucking lawyer up, you know, and I was like, all right, I'm out, <laughs> I'm out, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like you got my address, come fucking find me, you ain't got the balls to do it, you know, and like, and that's the other thing too, like now that there's like pods and stuff like that, like when I started, there was like, I literally would find a lot and just be like, who owns this place? And I'd call them and be like, yo, this is could be an opportunity for you you know like that's how i got my alberta space at one point but i never thought in a million years that we would be the ones yeah you know like like and if if the moment ends tomorrow so be it but it's already marked in history that like food carts are not only viable they're kind of the fucking way to do it i hope you know that you're a fucking cart hero oh thanks man i hope you know that dude. <laughs> i appreciate that i think like what You've endured for our culture, what you've endured for our community, you've endured for just your own brand, you know? Thanks, man. It, like, it's, it speaks so many levels to you as a human being already, you know? Oh, thank you. Um, I mean, I told you, I've told, I've told you this before, I'll tell you time and time again, bro, like, you set, you set the path for folks like me, you know? Like, um, I think just being an Asian, just being an Asian business owner is incredibly difficult, like you said, you know? Like, to showcase the food that I want to showcase yeah and like really put it out there without like oh dude your KFC bucket looks so tight <laughs> but, <laughs> you reappropriating American food was so tight ah uh, dude you know that's but, such a great opportunity to do uh, that you know what's funny is that um, I was talking about this with Soph mm-hmm. and um, or that's my wife for those who yeah. don't know but like uh, I was telling her I was like I wanted to essentially prove a point with the the big Q series you know like mm-hmm. the Vietnamese American menu and shit it's yeah. like every time I've done those mm-hmm. they've been like record breaking days yeah you know but it's because like I'm in America dude like mm-hmm. of course American food reinterpreted through Vietnamese lens is gonna sell really well right oh yeah and like it's already very true to my my upbringing and my history mm-hmm. because I grew up here you know like I grew up with fast food like like everybody oh, yeah. every other American and shit you know but like it's essentially to make a statement like like mm-hmm. yo every day on a regular I'll push like not authentic Vietnamese food but Vietnamese food that I find true to myself right 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 but the second I flip my menu and mm-hmm. I go now I'm gonna do American food 
through my Vietnamese experience, yeah, people go fucking nuts for it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Both both Asians and 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 white mm-hmm. folks or whoever it is, right? Yeah. It's just like it just goes into this crazy like conundrum where I'm just <laughs> like, I hope y'all realize what's happening here. Right. You yeah, I was gonna ask you. Do you think people get it? I mean, in a way, it's still a lot of fun for me. You know. Yeah, yeah. I have no yeah. problem doing this because mm-hmm. like it's one thing if I I was like doing it out of spite. Yeah. But I'm having a lot of fun with it. Oh, that's good. You know that's what I'm good. saying? Like, it's, good. it's not it's not necessarily, like, something that I'm doing to spite anybody. I'm doing it because I want to make a statement where it's like, you're willing to accept me if I'm essentially assimilating. Right. But you won't accept me as much if I'm being true to myself. <laughs> I hope you realize this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, because I'm, you know, yeah. bro, like, you know me long enough to know I'm not into gimmicks and shit, you know? No, I'm not, not a gimmicky dude. No, you know? not at all. I'll speak true for my heart you're as much like, as I can. You're like one of the super more, more, like, you're one of these, like, most authentic people I've met. I think that's why we, 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 we gel so hard. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. The um, vibe is there because we've been through enough shit where we don't have any fears of putting ourselves out there, you know? Oh my God, dude. I got to So I got, I got to, I got to impart this to you. So, all right. So when, when I started in 2009, um, I was talking to a buddy of mine that I cooked with already. Like we already cooked with each other almost ten years at this point, and he was just like, he was like, "You got to call it Kim Jong Un." And I was like, "I think people are gonna riot, but I think you're right." Uh-huh. You know? He's like, "Dude, you're fucking Korean. Like, no white dude could fucking do that." And yeah, I was like, of course. Oh, you're right. And then when I was open, like trying to hustle these like hustle these bento boxes and sh- pushing short ribs on people and stuff, I kind of realized something, and I was like, kind of mortified that when people come up like ocularly like visually when people come up to your cart they're like okay i can tell you can just see it on their faces like all right this place called mata mm-hmm. who's behind the counter and they're like shit that motherfucker looks asian mm-hmm. this is going to be authentic you know <laughs> yeah and then you go and then you speak perfect english and then they're just like oh my god i'm not going to be self-conscious about this I can ask all the questions that I want. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. happened at Kim Jong Grill. I had so many, like, I'd be working the saute section, which was in the window. Uh-huh. And then I'd hear, like, a white dude be like, oh, man. Like, I thought this was Korean. I'd pop my head up and be like, yo, what's up? <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> yeah. Like, now you're going to get four boxes from me, you know? Because yeah. now I'm going to fucking push everything on you. Yeah. And, um, but then when I when I started noticing that, like, what, what, got, like, what changed in me was like, all right, now I got to swing the plug the other way. I'm gonna bun up on my Korean, and every time a Korean person comes up, I'm gonna fucking take their order in Korean. Yeah. And do it, and and I feel better about it. But being the bridge to another culture is heavy. It's heavy to not recognize it, and it's heavy to not acknowledge it. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. I had this one person that used to work for me who opened up his own food cart, uh, FOMO Chicken. Shout out Sun Kim. Mm-hmm. Like awesome, awesome. Hey, he was one of he is one the single component in me being more Korean. Mm. I love Sun. Mm. Um, however, this is one of the things I feel fucking horrible about. Whenever he would work, people would be like, Oh yeah, what's up, Han? Oh hey, what's up, Han? We look nothing alike. Oh. And to this day, Sun was just like, dude, I get it all the time. I'm up here and people are like, oh yeah, you own Kim Jong Grillin too. And I was like, oh dude, I'm so sorry, but that's not on me. That's clearly on the ignorance of I was like nine, like ten out of ten. It's white folks that do that, of course. You know, but um, yeah. but it just, it's just, it's, it's hard to. You're right. It's hard to be an Asian-owned business because the tokenism is pushed on you. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know like do you know how many people like i've seen this at five restaurants all the time they're just like you know what i fucking want i want the fucking number six brisket whatever you know and even though even though motherfuckers know better they turn up the accent to 10 you know what i mean You have to ask the owner. We gotta ask the owner. Okay. Yes. Just don't call me. <laughs> uh, Diane, you screwed up, man. She's got her own lawyer. She's already <laughs> lawyered up. She's so litigious. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. Let's. I've had a couple. I've, I've had a couple instances where that has happened, where people turn the Asian, turn the Asian up, you know, like an Asian of businesses. Yeah, you know what? I, I realized that the last time when we sat and talked, I didn't ask you about this shit. But like, have you been labeled as like the Korean guy? Yeah. How? how I've been labeled that, as the Korean guy by other chefs. How does that feel, yo? <laughs> kind of sucks. Sucks, right? It kind of sucks because like, people like all right. So, um, not not too many people know this, but. Everything that you can get at the cart, right? Mm-hmm. That is the cart version. Yeah. All right. So like, my kimchi recipe is different at home. Um, different for when I do pop-ups. Uh, same thing with bulgogi. It's a different cut. Uh, all of it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, but I've gotten people. I've gotten like, and it usually comes from Caucasian chefs where they think I'm the authority, mm. and they're just like, all right, man. So like, like this actually happened with Portland Monthly. This is a good flex for me. Portland Monthly was like, hey, we want to showcase your short ribs. They're delicious. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, turn it off for a second. Like, turn out the recorder off. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm like, do you want me to give you the cart version or do you want me to give you, like, the foo-foo, like, internet Korean version, you know? Uh-huh. And they're like, no, I want to do the cart version. I was like, okay, dude, here we go. You know, like, uh-huh. I sent in my recipe and they hit me back and they're just like, I'm sorry, does this say can of sun-kissed strawberry soda? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're like, there's no fruit in this. I was like, is there fruit in the strawberry soda? Like, no. I'm like, then no. Yeah. You know, like, and I kind of had to be like, yo, dude, like, just because I'm Korean and I cook Korean food, I'm not the Korean guy. You know, like, I'm actually way more American than you think. I cook a fucking bomb-ass cheeseburger. You know, mm-hmm. like, but... You can go toe-to-toe with any cheeseburger. It guy, happens. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it... But it, it, it happened, and that's just one of the things that you gotta take, take with you in owning a business. You know, like like I said, like your identity is tied into it because you're Asian as well. Like if you opened up a burger spot, how many times do you think motherfuckers gonna be like, why don't you do fuck? You know, like, you know, you know, fuck those guys. Yeah, dude. fuck those guys. You know, like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, and like um, and and like and this is one of. the... <laughs> All right, I can't believe I'm going to tell you the story, but this, the story happened in New York, okay? Mm-hmm. Where, and, and the example, the reason why I'm telling you the story is the example of like using your Asian-ness to a certain degree to get the sale, to get whatever, you know? Like, it's just a business tactic that mm-hmm. unfortunately and fortunately happens. Is, um, I want to take my wife, same trip to New York, I want to take my wife to like really good like East Coast, like New York style fucking Chinese food. Right? So mm-hmm. we're in we're in Brooklyn Park Slope and there's this place called Mr. Potsicker mm-hmm. and these guys were like fucking crush awesome awesome amazing Korean American food mm-hmm. or Chinese American food mm-hmm. so we go in I got the fan with me Harlow's like one and a half the guy at the counter which is the owner just comes out just like oh my god look at cute baby look like that oh my god da, da, da. 
you know, like turned it up. Yeah. Turned it up, right? And I was like, yeah. tight. All right, super shinies. Get the food. We're eating. Dan is a huge fan of like orange chicken. Whatever. And it's fucking like the orange chicken was so good. It like floated off the plate. It wasn't heavy. And we're knocking it down. And at the bottom, I see a fucking cigarette butt. The plate. I can tell I haven't told you this story. So at the bottom of the plate, there's a fucking cigarette butt. And I was like, holy shit, what do I do? You know? And Dana's looking, she's like, you sure? And I was like, yo, there's a Chinese, it's a Chinese cigarette. Uh-huh. So I was like, fuck, I gotta say something, right? So yeah. So I take the plate up to the owner, and the dude's like, oh, yeah, you'd like everything. Yeah, nah. And I was like, yo, dude, like, I'm not gonna yell, I'm not a yelper, but like, you gotta like talk to your cook in the kitchen. I found a cigarette butt, you know? And he looks down and he looks up at me. He's like, sir, I am so sorry. Oh my God. I am absolutely mortified that that happened to you. I'm going to go talk to my chef. And I was like, where the fuck did all that Chinese shit go? <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. What just happened? Did I just get fucking hustled by you? You know? And he was like, literally just like, so I'm so sorry. Like, this is, like, I'm fucking mortified. This is, this never happens at this restaurant. Oh, and I was like, God. oh my God. And goes in yells at the kitchen comes back out and like comps the food and everything and I was just like looking at him just like holy shit do I do that like do I do that at my cart (laughs) you know like fake the accent and everything I was like wait if I do that would I get more business (laughs) you know like (laughs) that sucks dude (laughs) and that sucked oh god it was so bad um but like like hats off to him because he probably has been doing it for like so long it's like innate for it's him, innate right? for them to mm. do that you know it's innate for him to do that you know like it was un- like, it was something out of like family guy or something for me oh yeah. Yeah. okay well i have to get lunch okay hi guys <laughs> I shout do. out to diane for letting us record here thank you um Damn, dude, that was crazy, bro. Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Takes tokenism to a different level. Very different level, yeah. you know. And that, that that's something that like I just I wasn't expecting when I opened the business, you know. Yeah. I got categorized as like the Vietnamese guy, and I was mm-hmm. like, but that's not even me, dude. You know. No, Especially after not. like my trip to Vietnam and shit, like it just made me realize how much more American I am than I realized, mm-hmm. you know. And so I was like, like even on that trip, I just remember being a cheeseburger. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah. oh, that's and already like, a thing, you know? I don't think, you know, like, that's what I was saying. Like, rewriting what it means to be Asian-American, mm-hmm. you know, is very important, I think. It's a big deal. Like, especially for the next generation. Yeah. Because if we're lost, our kids are going to be fucking into the space lost, mm-hmm. you know? No so, like, they have no idea. So, like, you know, like, I think that's something that you just, that we just have to keep going on. Yeah. We just have to keep going and pushing the narrative, you know, because... If it feels, if you, I feel so much better after like talking to you about being Asian, you know, that's that's the essence that I want to push out to the next generation. You yeah, know? for sure. Yeah, same thing in like categorizing the food trucks. You know, like I want the next owner to come up with all my knowledge and fucking crush the game. Yeah, you know, yeah. not charge them for it because that's not that's all it's about. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yo, dog, I fucking appreciate the shit. Oh, I appreciate man. you, man. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Thank you for doing this again with me, bro. Yeah, like, of course. I didn't want to reference the last time we recorded just because, like, I felt like you and I can just talk about oh, anything, yeah. you know? And so I wanted this to feel more organic than mm-hmm. fabricated. So I, I didn't even, like, really really take any notes from the last episode. I just okay. wanted to, like, just sit and talk with you. So. Yeah. 
I appreciate you so much, bro. Like, thank you very much. What man. you do for us as a car community, as what you do for like the Asian American community. Oh, thanks, man. And just like you're, you're, you're like one of the <laughs> illest human beings I've met. Thanks, dude. Especially my, with my time out here in this fucking white ass city. Dude, know? this city's fucking white. It's so white. <laughs> so I think that's why like we gravitate towards each other. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. To be able to like, honestly, and, and I thank you for having the podcast because it's to be candid, you know, is one thing, but to like put it out there, out there, it's awesome it's so comforting you know yeah it's highlighting us you know what i mean yeah yeah thank Thank you bro appreciate you thank you man thanks for having me yeah